Welcome to the St. Michael Easter podcast series. My name is Andrew Grosso, and I will be leading our meditation today. Our theme this Easter is Big Love. God's holy work is fulfilled in the resurrection of Christ and the defeat of death itself. We have received the gift of new life, and we can use that gift to spread God's big love to those near and far. Joining Christians everywhere during this Easter season, we proclaim with joy, Alleluia, the Lord is risen indeed. Come, let us adore him. Alleluia. Our reading today comes from the letter of James, the fifth chapter, beginning at the 13th verse. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth yielded its harvest. Here ends the reading. The letter of James has a somewhat ambiguous reputation in the history of the church. The Protestant reformer Martin Luther famously called the letter of James a straw epistle, and he said it has nothing of the nature of the gospel about it. That assessment led to a protracted debate about what Luther meant and how we should read the letter of James. Some have tried to argue Luther's assessment means the letter of James has no merit whatsoever and offers little to no reliable guidance for those who seek to live a Christian life. Others have tried to argue Luther's assessment has no merit whatsoever and that his judgment about James is indicative of just how wrong Luther was about the nature of the gospel. Both of these readings of Luther are overstated. Luther did not want to remove the letter of James from the Bible, and he even praised the letter of James and said it is a good book because, he wrote, it sets up no doctrines of man, but vigorously promulgates the law of God. The letter of James is most assuredly worth close and repeated reading and reflection because it describes in very concrete terms what it means to walk in the way of love. James is not interested in abstract speculation or cultivated sentiments. James is interested in action. If one had to summarize in just a few words everything the letter of James has to say about living the Christian life, the two words that might be most appropriate are, do this. When you don't know what to do, pray. When you are faced with temptation, resist. If you see someone in need, help them. If there are controversies or disagreements amongst the faithful, resolve them. Discipline your speech. Be patient in endurance. Always be willing to offer thanks and praise to God for the good you have received. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. That kind of straightforward, concrete description of the life of faith has a tendency to make us squirm a bit. We would rather take cover behind abstract speculation and cultivated sentiment. A practical and forthright description of the life of faith gives us nowhere to hide. 
But we need to hear what James has to say about our need to act. Do this, James tells us, and you will be faithful people. What this does not mean is that there is no place in the life of faith for either speculation or sentiment. We need to think and we need to feel just as much as we need to do. We need our heads and our hearts just as much as we need our hands. Indeed, right thinking and right feeling are often essential preconditions to right acting. And if we're honest, it's just as easy to try and hide behind actions as it is to hide behind ideas or feelings. This is especially true in a culture like ours, one that is preoccupied with productivity and efficiency, but which all too often leads us into the trap of mere busyness. It's the successful coordination of all three, thinking, feeling, and doing, that leads to a vibrant life of faith. And today, James reminds us of the importance of translating our thoughts and our feelings into actions. As we move deeper into lives of committed action, we will find ourselves simultaneously drawn deeper into lives of thoughtful reflection and calibrated feeling. We will find ourselves experiencing greater alignment between our heads, our hearts, and our hands. In this way, we will find every dimension of our lives bearing witness to God's big love as we are slowly but surely transformed into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ, the one who shows us what real thinking, real feeling, and real doing are all about. Amen. And now please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as surpass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you that we, loving you in all things and above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.